Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Clydesdale Media Bible Study, where we are reading the Bible in a year. So glad to be with you all this this week. <clears throat> it's been a, a crazy weekend for us here. Um, my nephew got married yesterday, uh, so we were helping with the decorations, set up all of those things, as well as uh, uh, just enjoying the ceremony itself and um, all of that. Uh, but it took a lot out of us this weekend, so I am really hanging on by a thread energy-wise, And but I wanted to be here with my friends to talk about what the Lord has in store for us tonight. So with that, um, I will open us up in prayer and we'll talk about the discussions of the week, some research we found, and uh, go over that, and then we'll go about our evening. With that, bow your heads in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for all the opportunities you give us to see your blessings. Uh, I got to see the covenant of marriage yesterday uh, with two loving people and how you brought them together. Uh, and it is just amazing what you can do in people's lives. I thank you every week for this platform to be able to spread your word, speak to your message, and share your good news by reading the Bible with all these people at the same time and discussing that through the week. With that, please bless our ears to hear what you might want us to know. And with that, in your name we pray. Amen. So, so good to be with you all this week. Um, one of the things that we talked about last week was that it seems to be there was some confusion as to Jesus being John the Baptist. And so I did a little bit of research, and it's there's not a lot of stuff in there. Um, so one thing that was really interesting to me is depending on how you interpret the translations, a lot of times what that meant back then was if someone called Jesus John the Baptist, it meant that he was using the same tactics or using the same attitude and, and the way he went about his preaching. And because it was so similar to John the Baptist, he was being compared to him, not saying that he was him. Um, but I'm going to keep digging into that because I find it interesting and I'm not satisfied with all the answers I have yet. Uh, and so I'm going to keep digging into that. So I wanted to share that with you guys, um, that a lot of times, you know, we are interpreting um, Hebrew from many, many years ago, uh, and it's not always the easiest to do so. And you're going to see later in this discussion um, how we got some help from an outside source, and, uh, and that helped us explain a lot of things. So, uh, Beck, keep running, stay fit. We want everybody to do that. Glad you're listening along uh, and understand that you won't be commenting. Kenneth, Amy, good to see you guys as well. So I'm going to start off with uh, Amy uh, posted in Discord that I find the Old Testament reading difficult. I'm always searching for some way it can speak to me. A couple of things that stood out. One, the Israelites look on the past and say, remember how great it was in Egypt. It wasn't great. You were mistreated slaves. But isn't it so human for us to do this? 
And then in Numbers eleven fourteen, Moses, not so eloquently, tells God that he can't deal with the people alone. So God anoints others to help him, a reminder to ask for help. I think this is what we read last week. Maybe. I don't know. It's all blurring to me. It's been a busy week. Um, but I think it's good to hammer home that we should ask God for help, that he does come in his time to help us. Um, and many of us forget to ask for his help along the way. So, um, yeah, sorry, Amy, that is a rerun. So we'll go ahead and skip to the next one. But I do think that is worth pounding home. I think that's probably one of the most difficult things for most of us is to ask for help. And I saw that this weekend in preparing for my nephew's wedding that people involved would not, and accept the help. That's a great point, Amy. Many people would not ask for help. And when help was given, would not accept it. When they finally did, it became a big relief. Um, and I and I just sit there and think, why does it take so long for us uh, to figure that out and not just accept the help right away? Um, because it does make things easier. And, you know, helping someone out is a gift. Like when you help someone out, it makes you feel good. And when you don't accept that help from someone, you're denying them that gift. And, and I think that's super important to understand. And there, Amy and I on the same page. There we go. Um, jinx, I guess, is what we say, right? Um, so, yeah. Um, so let's get into uh, the talking donkey, uh, which Kenneth started with. Anybody able to put the Balaam and his horse story from Numbers today in the simple way? God spoke through a dead horse. Um, Beck came in with, um, is that Numbers 22? Do you mean the talking donkey, Kenneth? It was alive, wasn't it? Don't forget, there's always talk. There, were, there also was talking snakes in Genesis. I don't have anything illuminating to add, but laughed when I visualized the story actually happening. I think that's important too. I think that God does have a sense of humor and you should like at times um, look at things and, and it's okay to laugh at how things were done. <clears throat> um, I just, to picture, all I can picture in my head is the donkey from Shrek turning around and talking to Balaam and how um, that donkey had more faith than he did. And I think that is, is really, really cool. And hi, Jacqueline, welcome in. Um, I replied to this part and said, I just read that last night. The story confused me a bit because I thought God told him to go and just do and say what God had told him to. And then the angel of God tried to stop him. So I may need to reread that part. The talking donkey, however, was more compliant than Balaam himself. And what's awesome is that um, Amy actually sent me some stuff and I'm going to, we're going to get into that and kind of explains why I was confused. Um, which is really cool that that she was able to do that. Uh, Jay Birch comes in and says, that is what it said, but when God became angered because Balaam was still giving into greed and not doing what God told him to do in the first place, and that is not go. Uh, God used the donkey as a metaphor to tell or show Balaam the unwavering faith of the donkey to do right by God and Balaam, um, but Balaam does not show the same discipline. 
It's kind of like telling a child not to do something. And then they pester you until you give in and say, well, if that's what you think you need to do and they do it, you are still angered by the fact they did not trust you enough to take you at your word in the beginning. And I thought that was a really good analogy, but I was still confused at it, what, where it seems to flip script, um, where God is saying, okay, Balaam, you want to go, go, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to t- say what I tell you to say. And then all of a sudden he flips the script and the angel of God comes down, plants themselves in front of the, in front of them on the road and stops Balaam from going. And I was like, why is this happening? So <clears throat> Amy Stanton uh, reached out to her pastor and he gave us a very eloquent and it's a little bit long, but I'm going to go through this because I think it really answers the question. And so he actually says, so the liberal literary critic answer is mm-hmm. the first five books are made up of different traditions. And what that means is that they were written by different people. Uh, in brief, there is a theory called the JEDP theory. And what that is, is that those are the people that, the different people that wrote the first five books of the Bible. There's one group that is written by where they call, um, uh, the J stands for the Jawist or Yahwist, uh, who uses Jehovah for God's name. Then the E is the Elohist who uses Elohim for God's name. Then the, the D stands for the Deuteronomist, uh, who is also the author of Deuteronomy and the priestly author of Leviticus. Um, and that's the P, the priestly author of Leviticus. The JEDP theory goes on to state that the different portions of the Pentateuch were likely compiled in the 4th century BC, possibly by Ezra. So Numbers 22-21 end one tradition in which Balaam is portrayed as a faithful person, and verse 22 starts a different tradition that didn't see him as favorably. So essentially what he's explained to us is the first part of that story was written by one tradition, and the second half of that story was written by another tradition. So coming in with a different perspective, then all of a sudden, that's why it's a little bit confusing. He also goes on to say the more conservative explanation is that Balaam kept getting better offers from Balak to curse the Israelites. By blaming God for saying no, he kept getting these better offers. He also wasn't completely honest with Balak in that he never really told him the full answer of what God said. Finally, God said, go, stop bugging me. But when he actually did go, knowing he wasn't supposed to, he had to deal with the consequences of the talking donkey. So it's like a teenager who keeps pestering, just like Jay Birch said, to do something. And the answer is no until finally the parent is worn down and gives in and says yes. But there may be consequences. The parent hopes the teen makes the right decision but when they don't, the parent is angry because they made the foolish choice. So I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on that, that it actually was written by two different perspectives and it, and it actually happens smack dab in the middle of this, the Balaam story. And that's why it gets a little bit confusing in the middle because one author wrote the first part of the story 
and another author wrote the second part of the story. But I think what's cool is both Amy's pastor and Jay Birch use the same analogy of the teenager to describe um, what Balaam was doing with God. And so it's, um, it's super cool that that it came out that way. Um, and, uh, Kenneth echoes that a little bit, uh, where he says, Jay Birch is so smart. His students are lucky to have him. They sure are. <clears throat> so any other questions about the donkey story? Um, that took up a lot of our discussion in discord this week. And again, if you're new to this channel and you want to follow along with the discord chat throughout the week, shoot me a message on Instagram or in the comments here on YouTube, and I will get you um, the link to the discord channel so that you can be a part of that. It really is primarily what drives our discussion every week. Um, Amy comes in and also says, I said on Discord, but it's conf it's conf com comforting that even theologians don't know, so we don't have to feel bad not knowing. And I think that gets into like a bigger discussion. Are we supposed to know, right? I think the Bible speaks to different people in different ways, and therefore it depends on... Um, it truly depends on what you need from the Bible in that moment. It will speak to you in that way. Um, and I'm a firm believer in that, that there are, while what Jesus did for us was an absolute, I'm not sure that every story has to be absolute so that it can speak to more people. I hope I made sense there. Uh, but I love the discussion. I think the more we dive in and the more we dig in and learn about it, the more we understand everything overall as well. So that is what we have on the donkey story. Um, and Amy comes in, agree. And reading the same story at different times, you get the different messages. And I totally agree with that. Again, as I've said, this is my third time through the Bible. And every time it says different things to me, as I go through, or I pick up pieces that I never picked up the other times. Um, so you guys get to see that as well, where I find something new that I didn't find the first two times I read through. So um, I, this is really fun for me. <clears throat> so now um, I'm going to go on to something that Brent brought up. Um, and that is uh, just the other day, I saw a little clip of Neil deGrasse Tyson answering a question about his belief in God. He said, how could there be a person so powerful that they can make everything great, but yet there is so much bad? In a nutshell, not a quote. I am finding in numbers so far so much of the Old Testament that no matter what God does to make them believe in him, the people can't commit. After a little bit of a struggle, it's easier to go back to what wasn't hard, Egypt, false idols, etc. He tells Balaam to go, but only speak for him. But when he tests him, with his donkey, whom he trusted his whole life, Balaam doesn't believe. For me, it's my inner voice. I have chosen to listen because you never know. Have you ever been late or in a rush for anything and it seems like you catch every red light? Stop in those moments and listen. And I think that's super important as well. I get that way. You know, I'm in a hurry. 
I go down the street, every red light turns red as I'm going. And I'm like, what in the world? But what is God doing for me in those moments? What is he keeping me from? Is he protecting me? Um, is it just a moment to stop and think and ponder? Right? We get so worked up about the pressures of everyday life. Maybe those are moments where we're alone in our car and we can stop, say a prayer, um, think about things that are going on, think about blessings in our life. We don't have to look at the red light as a bad thing. It can be a, a moment to stop all the busyness around us and just kind of stop and ponder and pray. <coughs> so the last thing I want to get to, and, I, and I'll tell you guys, uh, with this wedding, I'm two days behind on the reading. Um, I will get caught up here in the first part of the week. Um, but this weekend, it has been uh, getting back late and up early every morning and just not a lot of time to get my reading in, and I miss it. So I will get back on that tonight, and I will get caught up in the next couple of days. But you all brought up a thing on festivals, and it started with Amy again with a random thought. Reading about the festivals makes me think, of going on retreats when I was a kid in youth group. Do adults still do these? We have gone to one-day events or weekend events, and we always come back so filled and excited. Why don't we do that more? Uh, Kenneth comes in and says, I've seen some advertised every now and then, but it's usually um, a mega church or a televangelist. I remember growing up, our church always had a big annual women's retreat, and the men would go, or men would do some little trips every once in a while. But I agree, should do more fellowship as adults. I think they are out there just hard to find. Um, Beck, the best ones I've gone to are in Bible study life groups because it's, it's with a small group of people that you already have a good relationship with. The women at, our women at our church go on craft camps, and there's no way I'm going on that. How boring. LOL, Father's Day in Australia today. Dads are getting breakfast at 9 a.m. before church starts at 10 a.m. So we are getting ready now and are about to leave home. Talk to y'all tomorrow. Bless you all. And then ACR finishes up with, we do banquets, which are Fridays uh, through Sunday thing with our church and camps for the kids. Um, I think adult fellowship is a big deal. I think that's what small groups are about. I think that's what Bible studies are about. Um, I know that the last church I belong to um, they do men's retreats and women's retreats where they get a cabin in the woods and everybody just kind of hangs out and there's quiet time, there's fellowship time. Um, but it's just being together as men or women and talking about God and learning about God. And I think it's, it's something that uh, people should do. Um, yeah. And it, you know, and I know even in like the CrossFit world, there were, there were different organizations out there, um, Faith Rx and uh, Faith Hustle and things like that, where they would hold Bible studies at, at the CrossFit Games or at semifinals. And you could go to those while you were at events, uh, which was super cool. I know Mayhem still does their devotionals on Sunday morning uh, wherever they are camped out at, at the games or at semifinals or whatever. And those are options as well. 
Um, I think that it's something that that should grow and should continue. We as adults need that reinforcement just as much as the youth in our lives do. <coughs> so I, I'm really excited that this was brought up and and I know that it is in reference to numbers and that these festivals should go on um, and different things like that. And uh, it's something we should think about. And I think that's what this is, right? It's a way for a group of us who can come online and chat and talk around the world um, about different questions we have while reading through the Bible. Um, and it's a safe place where everybody can do that. Um, so I think, I think these are, these groups are, are so important uh, to building faith and so glad that um, you guys are all a part of this. Um, I know that Amy dropped into discord as well, that her pastor did a um, Bible study on the daughters of Zelophad. And I, I've started reading that part. Uh, that's about where I'm at in the reading right now. And I'm super excited uh, to go back and check out the sermon that her, um, that her pastor did on that. Because of what I've read so far, it's not a, it's not a lot um, about the daughters, um, but they accomplished a lot in what they did. And so I'm anxious to see what that means and what her, what the sermon is in reference to for all of that uh, and to learn more. And we can share that next week after I read the, or listen to the sermon. Again, today was a pretty hectic day. Um, family was staying with us uh, and everybody's kind of heading out uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, so once all that happens, things will get back to normal. I'll get back to the regular reading schedule and we'll get back to um, full, full go on these. Uh, before I close out tonight, um, any um, prayers needed for anybody, any um, God moments that you guys had this week that you want to share? I know personally, um, and it may affect may affect next Friday's by next month. Oh gosh, may affect next Sunday's Bible study. Is I'm actually having sinus surgery on Friday. Um, I'm supposed to be able to go back to work on Monday, so as long as I'm feeling good, we'll be good for a Bible study on Sunday night. I just don't know where I'll be at in the sinus speaking wise. Hopefully everything will be fine and we can go ahead and go on Sunday night. But I do have that surgery Friday and would appreciate any prayers that people want to send my way uh, for a successful surgery. This is something I've been dealing with for a couple years now. And everybody that has had this surgery tells me it's game changing. And I can't wait to hopefully experience that game changing moment. Um, and then I think the following week after that, my wife is traveling to Pennsylvania to be with her mother as she goes through radiation for the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma that we've discussed about in the past weeks. So if you could send up prayers um, during uh, for her uh, in that week, that would be incredible. Plus her traveling to Pennsylvania to be with her mom. 
Um, Amy says, during the summer, we have special music. I volunteered and God gave me a song to sing. Someone messaged me and said it was just what they needed to hear. God is good. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how a song can change your mood, um, your feeling in that moment, and that's really cool. Um, I'm a I'm a big lover of music of all kinds, and I love when I when I hear a good song that God's speaking to me through. Um, those are incredible, and I'm glad you got to experience that. So maybe in a couple of weeks we'll have you on to sing the song. What do you think about that? <laughs> um, well, with that, if nobody has any more prayers or concerns or um, God moments to share, uh, I will go ahead and close us out. But it was awesome being with you all this week. And I can't wait to continue this journey on with each and every one of you. Uh, it's been so much fun. So with that, uh, we will bow our heads. Dear Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to gather tonight and talk about your word, what you've done for so many people, and that we may learn from everything that we hear from you, read from you, and bringing in experts to help us understand it even more. I'm having a surgery next week. Please be with me uh, through that surgery, that it be successful. My mother-in-law is going through chemo, and my wife is going to be with her. Please make it safe for her to travel and be with her mom through the chemotherapy and that it be successful and that the doctors have steady hands to help her. Uh, thank you so much for giving Amy that opportunity uh, to sing a song that spoke to many people. One person said it spoke to her. I'm sure many more felt that same thing. It's amazing what you can do through music, the gift of music that you've given so many people and their ability to share that. Please be with us this week. Keep us safe and give us those moments to stop, ponder your word, think about what we can do for you. In your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> well, thank you so much, everybody, for being here tonight. Uh, as always, it's a complete joy doing these. Um, I cannot wait uh, to be back with you next week. Hopefully, as I said, everything goes well. And we will be back stronger than ever on Sunday night um, after, the, uh, after the surgery. And get to spend that time with you. With that, I will talk to everybody next week. And God bless. Have a great week. And we'll see you then. Bye. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at c4energy.com. That's c4energy.com. And now back to the interview.